Loading with Enough Podcast, episode 23. Hi, and welcome to What The F Podcast. This is Tamara. And this is Rebecca. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> yeah, so how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm fantastic. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful night. It has turned winter in Kansas City. And it's bitter cold. It's been snowing, and it's been cold. Crispy. And it, we, I feel like we didn't get a fall. We had a beautiful fall. Uh, for two like weeks? a little bit. It was a little bit, but it, it was, was two really weeks. beautiful. Yeah, it was pretty. It was two weeks, though. It was the most beautiful fall in Kansas City in a long time. I know, and recorded. I was hoping it would last longer. I know. I, I Fall's know. my favorite time of year, and I feel like we only get like a little bit of it. We, we'll have winter for months. We have, mm-hmm. we don't really have spring for very long either, I feel like. It, mm-hmm. Winter and summer last forever, and then... Winter lasts forever. Yeah, and I'm sad. <sighs> I mean, I, I like winter because of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But that's it. <laughs> I agree. And I like I like the um, layers of clothes. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I like the clothing better. And the boots. Yes. I love and the shoes and, and stuff. stuff. But um not a huge not a huge fan of it. I'm not a fan at all. Like I Which is weird. <laughs> it's so cold. Anyway. But it's yeah. really, really cold. But okay. it's Christmassy in here where you're in your studio, got Christmas tree up, Christmas tree lights. Yeah, I did that for the studio for photography. It's like <laughs> Christmas season photo photography wise. You gotta get it done. Everyone wants their Christmas photos before Thanksgiving. They wanna already yeah. start printing them off and having well, them. Well you gotta start mailing mailing them out soon oh, yeah. and all that stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. So that's nice. So it's all Christmassy and stuff in here. So that is good. We got Todd in the house. It's the ditty. We don't have Nessa, the studio dog, mm-hmm. here. She's not feeling that well today. And Rex is not Rex here. Rex is not here. He's been working. busy working. He's a, he's a businessman <laughs> about always, his business. I love that. <laughs> I love a man about his business. About his business, you know. Get about your business. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so I guess we can just jump into uh, the what the F's of the week. Yeah, there's a few. We have a few um, here. So um, if you guys are following our Instagram, which I hope you guys are, then we post um, daily different uh, what the F's of the day, and it's usually pop culture. Um, We put some stuff up on our Facebook, too, so follow us on there. Yep. We also appreciate uh, all your reviews and everything you guys have been giving us. Is there awesome? Exciting. Makes us smile. <laughs> smile emojis. <laughs> and the bad ones make us laugh and yeah. giggle. Yes. <laughs> we love the reviews anyway. We just, it's fun. It's fun to get them. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird that people listen. Well, yeah, I'm glad they do. There's mm. a lot of downloads every time we look. It's like, well, yeah, it's just weird that people are listening <laughs> and yeah. people like it and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about Miss Meghan Markle. And she is pregnant now, mm-hmm. you know. And um, apparently she's been married before Prince Harry. And 
This comes from the Daily Mail, and it says that Meghan Markle demanded her first husband sign a pregnancy contract, ensuring he would pay for a personal trainer, a nutritionist, and a nanny so she could stay in shape, excuse me, stay in celebrity shape after having his baby. (laughs) So it's a little bit different than staying in normal shape, I guess, celebrity shape. I bet it's just extra skinny, extra lean. I mean, she's an actress, right? Uh-huh. So um, she needed to make sure she was celebrity skinny. And she's, like, super were... skinny. Um, and she mm-hmm. looks like someone who's naturally thin, thin anyway. Uh, but this just shows probably how demanding it is. Very demanding, which uh, I can't imagine the pressure that's on them, you know, because mm-hmm. – and then probably self-esteem issues sure. and stuff you oh, have yeah. and everything, too. When and, you grow up in that lifestyle. Oh, or... yeah, because you always are being compared. Mm-hmm. And you're comparing yourself. Right. And then I didn't get this role. Did I not get this role because I gained five pounds over the last Because I enjoyed something to yeah. eat. <laughs> right? Yeah, especially, like, with Thanksgiving and oh, Christmas yeah. and stuff. Like, I, should I not have eaten all that, you know, or right. whatever? Uh, I don't know. Uh, did I miss that one exercise class, that one right. spin class? Because you're busy doing life, you know, <laughs> right. you wanted to sleep in or something. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, well, actually, so we're talking about that, that. There's a quote here that says, she knows the heavy-weighted body type runs in her family and has been terrified of putting on extra pounds, particularly given her career. So that is why... She, she demanded that. But her mom is not big either. But her mom's a yoga instructor. Mm. She does yoga regularly. Good so, yeah. But that's kind of weird. Then um, you have that in your contract for your husband that he has to pay for that. I mean, right. isn't that weird to say to your husband? Because isn't, isn't it shared money anyway? Too? Right. <laughs> so wouldn't it be less like, I'm getting, honey, I'm getting a trainer. I'm getting a, you know. I can't imagine being in a relationship that I felt like I had to draw up a contract for. I know. Where you're like, okay. So they probably did their prenup. And then, oh, also, I'm going to do a pregnancy contract. And then who knows what other contract or whatever. What if he had her sign a contract where she has to say. Suck his dick every day. Maybe. I mean, come on. Who knows? It's Hollywood. Right. (laughs) I could see that happening. But yeah. So. I've been posting pics of um, she's been doing um, a lot of PR appearances this week. And um, she's been looking fabulous. I mean, I can't even tell she's pregnant. It's like I forgot. Right. Because she's not holding her belly. Not holding her belly this week. (laughs) She's not holding her belly in these pictures. And I think maybe she got the... She got the hint, maybe, because a lot of people were talking about it so much. Uh, But I really forgot. Like, there was one picture, and then the quote by it said something about pregnancy and I was like oh yeah she's pregnant I forgot she doesn't look at well at all I don't know how far along stressful that is that though do I look pregnant do I not look pregnant I know like this do I look like that come on now right and also um can't eat too much because I got to be celebrity exactly and you don't want people talking about oh look at all the weight she gained Mm -mm. but see I think it's also a weird thing with them because then it's also like you need to gain weight but you can't gain too much because people talk about you if you're too big or too uh-huh, little. Too small. So. Right. And if you lose it too fast versus this and that. Just uh-huh. like shut up. I know. Let just her be pregnant. Let everyone's different. Everyone's different. Whatever. Right. Some people gain. Some people don't. I mean, 
Rat does it her. make her less of a human being? No. And I mean, it's she's so frustrating. Literally, like a human is growing in her. So sure. was like not. Let like, her relax. Please. Yeah. But you want a baby who's been mellowed out. Yeah. I was thinking if I'm pregnant, I don't think I would want to be doing all these PR appearances. Just mm-hmm. let me chill out. You're exhausted. Yeah. Let me just be in my sweats and yoga pants and stuff. And The first first trimester of my pregnancy, I know and for, for, for a lot of people, it's like you're tired. Like, all you want to do is sleep or Mm -hmm. you're sick? Yeah, some people get really, really sick. (laughs) It's like, I can't even move right now. (laughs) But I mean, some people aren't, so maybe she's that. Maybe that's where she's at. She's feeling good. Well, she's going through this time. It's a big change. She's going through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. True. You know, but she's probably someone who this is like a dream come true. So, all of this. Yeah, I agree. She's probably running on adrenaline. That too. Yeah. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, good for her for being her sticking to herself. <laughs> We're like, the, being her. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if she made Prince Harry sign a contract. <laughs> she did. Did she? Or he, that's I don't part know. Of, that's part of her contract. It's part actually. of the contract. She's like, Is that, she's like oh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ariana Grande got her first number one this week uh, with her new single called Thank You Next, which is really a cute song. I really like it. It's like, Nice, happy song. It's like she's saying thank you to your exes. Mm. Now I'm on to the next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really, though, but it's actually like a song where she's talking about she's going to, instead of moving on to guys, like what she has been, she's going to spend some time with herself. That's good. Yeah. She says in it, like, she found a new best friend, and the best friend's name is Ari. Oh, she says wow. that But she well, names, like, her exes and stuff in it, like, names them by name. And says, you know, they taught me this and all this. and So basically, you take the bad and you recognize the good from it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should really ultimately strive to do. Mm-hmm. And let's hope that she does, genuinely. Um, it just, uh, the timing of it is suspect. She right? just broke up with Pete. And actually, when the song came out, so like it's number one now, but it came out like... Like a week or so after, maybe two weeks. That's very quick. Super quick. To have come up with a song and to have produced it. Yes. With music (laughs) and have it be like a hit. Yeah. And I'm like, did you write all that then? And you were able to get it then in the studio, produced. Maybe she had it all out, but then she added his name in. (laughs) (laughs) It was like written for them. She's like about to give it to them and she adds his name. Oh, shit. And now Pete, (laughs) I respect you for... Sure. Whatever. Um, I don't know the song. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not buying that. (laughs) So basically, it seems like the relationship seems to be one of convenience for... It's PR. Yeah. Well, and then it's funny because the relationship when she first got engaged was when she first was coming out with her album. And so people thought that was kind of funny with the timing of it. Like, um, and so people were like, is this PR relationship? Mm -hmm. And then it's just kind of, it's just weird. I just think she really spend it to be. Who makes the most money out of a PR situation like that? Does she, she does because she sells the albums because it's a hit hot thing. Well. She's in the news. They all get a cut of it. I think everybody probably. Gets a cut of it. You know, boosts them. I mean, people weren't talking about Pete Davidson. Oh, really? I never even heard of him before. I know. People weren't even talking about him before. Now they are, you know, yeah. so this has definitely helped him. It's such you know? a sick, fake life. The celebrity life is very, very fake. And yeah. everything you see is not how it really, really is. Right. You know? 
And um, it's very eye-opening to know. <laughs> Which I guess is the way it's like that for regular people in your everyday life too. But this is such a grand. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just I think don't that have you have a PR relationship. No, you're right about that. <laughs> I'm just talking about you don't know what you don't know what's really going on. Oh, okay. Like that. That. Just okay. That, that in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But no. That, no. <laughs> I'm going out with this guy. I just, you know. So this PI purpose. Right, PI purposes. God. I do know people that do that, though. <laughs> I think I dated yeah. somebody like that. Oh, God. Anyway. No. no. But, yeah. So, uh, totally, I think it was, I don't know if it was 100% PR or what. Um, but, yeah, they adopted a pig, though, out of it. Piggy Smalls. Shut your fucking face. <laughs> Who has Piggy? Ariana got custody of Piggy. Oh, That's what I was really wondering after I broke up. I'm like, who gets custody of this pig? <laughs> you know, this poor little pig. <laughs> I want to see pictures of him. <laughs> he's little. He's, yeah, oh, yeah. man. He's a pig. That's funny. He's a pig. It's funny. Have you ever seen the pigs walking around here in Kansas City? Yes, actually. Yeah, have you? I went to go look at another studio, and they have a pig in that building. Oh, and, they did, and it's uh, huge. And he's a city pig. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And she walks them on a leash. And walks on a leash. <laughs> I know. I've seen it, and it's it's interesting. Yeah. Is yeah. that a happy life for that pig? I hope. I, I hope it is. I mean, it has to be better than I don't probably know. what it could have. Well, that's I don't true. know what kind of pig it is, though, either. Potbelly pig. Rex was, Rex was asking. He was like, is that a potbelly? Yes. And I was like, I don't know. It's huge. I'm like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know? It's like a 200-pound pig. I mean, what are the kind of pigs that we eat? Not a potbelly pig, oh, I don't okay. think. It looked like a just a pig. Sure did. I can't tell the difference. We aren't pig, pig people. No, we... Thank goodness, right? <laughs> okay. So we know that the Spice Girls are getting together. So we'll just have a Spice Girls conversation. Spots. 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 Spice Girls are getting back together. They're going on tour. Yeah. I think they're doing that next year. Uh, right now, they don't have any plans to come to the States. But that might change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that might change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. They when they got together last time they did, they came to the states. Uh, so Victoria Posh Spice is not going to be joining them, right? And uh, so they did an interview of the Spice Girls minus her. And Jerry said, Well, Victoria is always part of the band. And then I made a comment that, and Jerry is um, Ginger, okay, okay. I don't know all their names like that. Oh, you don't? No, no. Okay. I didn't follow them that well. I did listen to them, and I was excited. I was a very big Spice Girls fan. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I don't really think, though, that Victoria cares to be part of the band anymore. Right. I don't think so either. I think she's, um, like, I'm doing my fashion shit. She's past it. Yeah, I feel like she thinks she's moved on from it. Mm -hmm. I think she feels like she's better. Oh, yeah, I agree with you that. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's kind of went through her in the, to the spotlight, right, right? I know, right? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, how I feel like when, like, uh, Carrie Underwood still goes on American Idol. Sure. Kind of you pays know? tribute to. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, how she still does, even though she's a voice uh, on The Voice and stuff now, but she will go back on right. Idol and sing right. and things like that. And always very thankful that that's, like, probably nothing would have happened. Sure. Kelly Clarkson would not be a pop singer at all sure. had she not been on American Idol, which is sad because she has an awesome voice. Oh, yeah, she's Same great. thing with Carrie Underwood. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's like she's like if Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen don't have to do their tribute, I don't have to do mine. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, there you have a fashion empire. Yep. They, you know, they're not going back doing sequels to their terrible Fuller movies that, or their movies the that they had, movie. like those those <laughs> movies they did. Oh, man. So yeah, yeah. Um, true. So yeah. it's a thing. Like, do you have to go back to your past? Like, do you have to? No, or is it? Just, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. Either. I don't think, and I don't think that it makes a big difference. She wasn't one of the big voices of the Spice Girl. She doesn't. I mean, her voice is very mediocre. She never had like a whole bunch of solos or anything. It was really like, right? Um, you know, like Mel C, mm-hmm. Mel, Mel C, who have scary voice. spice. Um, Mel B, Mel B, scary. Mel okay. C, sport. Um, so you know, baby, um, Emma. I guess all the other girls except for her. Okay, like, yeah. And so, I mean, I was like, I would see the Spice Girls without her, and I don't really think I feel like much was missing. Right. Even though Posh was one of my favorites in the group. Well, it's still exciting to see the Spice Girls live. Right. I mean, <laughs> even if I didn't follow them that much, don't you? You must believe I'm probably gonna go. If, I love them. I, I love them. I had ridiculously priced. I had a poster of them. I used to fake I, accents, and I love them. <laughs> I dated a guy who had the the Spice Girl dolls. See, and I think that's weird. <laughs> I didn't have the dolls. I just think that's so he weird. He lined up on his <laughs> on his mantle. So he's like probably so excited about the reunion. Oh, I don't even care. Do you think he still has the even, dolls? Oh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure. That is so funny. Yeah. That is so weird. It is weird. I'm I can't not, imagine dating a guy. Stop it. And being serious about someone <laughs> who has that. I was 18. How can you be making out with somebody and then you have like. I thought he was in tune. You have scary spice staring at you <laughs> while you're making out. Well, they're in, they're in their, their packages. But still, she's staring at you. Oh, believe me. I was, I was not. They're the like first. looking over at you guys. Like, you know. <laughs> Let's just say I wasn't the cool kid. In school. So it was like my only one uh, opportunity, uh, I think. You're, oh, whatever. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, thank goodness you didn't marry the guy. So. Uh, that is so true. Anyway. Any, so. Anywho. So, yeah. So um, that is our. What the F's of the what week. What the F's of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So Rex isn't here to ask us random questions. But we do have stories in there. They're just um, just as shitty as before. So this is our Thanksgiving episode. Oh, yeah. We should have said that at the beginning. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. I guess this is coming out. I was going to ask you, like, what do you like best about Thanksgiving? Um, I like best the anticipation of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, even though I don't love pumpkin pie, I like to eat it. Even oh, though I'm I like, love it. When I eat it, I'm like, this just isn't that great. Really? But I, but I do it every time, and I get I excited it. for it. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom actually made me and Rex a pumpkin pie for us to have for our own last year. And we were stupid and left it out. 
and it got all moldy. Oh, God. It was disgusting. Like, moldy within, like, not even that long. Oh, okay. Because it's so wet. Wet and, yeah, moist. and it was all moist. <laughs> and, uh. I was like, damn it, damn it, damn it, yeah, damn no. it, damn it. I just want, I want there to be a pumpkin pie that has, like, a text, more of a texture to it. Like, to me, it's texturally not the most exciting. Have you had, like, cheesecake pumpkin, like? No, but I, I will try that. It's so good. You should go to, like, the Cheesecake Factory or something okay. and get some. So good. Yes. So, yeah. So, I love the food. Um, I can't wait to have some stuffing. I love stuffing. Um, my mom makes this thing called cabbage pudding. It's a like a family recipe thing. I love that. And I love pumpkin pie. Cabbage pudding? Mm-hmm. It sounds gross, but it's not. I am so curious. <laughs> Maybe you'll bring me some. <laughs> it's just like, it's cabbage. It's like, it's not pudding pudding, though. Or oh, I want it now. It is it. It's like how the British say pudding and it's not pudding, oh, though, okay. you know. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is coleslaw. I just did no. it. No. No, it's so it's so good though. I love it. It's a family yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, Rex is playing a Black Friday show. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And um, have um, have a friend that we both have a friend in Utah who's coming up for the show. Yeah. Uh huh. Sasha. She's coming up to uh-huh. watch the show. Uh huh. Oh, that's exciting. Uh huh. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to her. Hey, Sasha. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. Yeah, and then Thanksgiving, then it's a countdown, too. Well, then my birthday comes, my sister's birthday, then my birthday, and then Christmas. Yeah. And then New Year's. Yeah. And then it's like the beginning of the year, and then you're kind of like, oh. I know. You're like, it's the worst first month of the year. I've already I know. Broken it's all my traditions. Like, I know. <laughs> like, I like need to make something exciting happen in the beginning of the year, because you don't have anything really to look forward to. Oh, man. You know, it's like you get past all this just pushing through the rest of yeah, it yeah and then you're just like uh and then you know it's kind of like a blah time yeah it is it yeah it's dark it is dark it's not going to be dark this year and then we're like it's dark we're, it's depressing and now we're going to get to <laughs> some murder talking about murder <laughs> some murder and on to our stories so we talk we have our stories based around thanksgiving thanksgiving since it's our thanksgiving episode yep. so um did your story also happen on thanksgiving? on thanksgiving okay so my story happened on thanksgiving actually while people were eating their thanksgiving dinner oh shit okay so you're first yeah you're I'm first <laughs> okay so my story happened uh it was uh, thanksgiving 2006 okay it's actually november 23rd 2006 in oakland california so this is a case involving two and a lot of there's a lot of african names in this because both the families are from africa so Please forgive me if I pronounce anything wrong. And I'm doing the best that I can. I try to even listen to pronunciations and things like that just to make sure I have it right. So this is two Eritrean families. And uh, the family's names are Mahera and Gibri Selassie. Okay. (laughs) And so the two families became close because of marriage. In 1998, Abraham... Jibre Selassie met Winta Mahari. I might have even said it wrong from how I said it before. I'm going to say Mahari and Mahari probably interchanging. So he met her on a visit to Ethiopia. Abraham had been visiting his family. So Abraham had moved already to the U.S. from um, Africa. So uh, both Abraham and Renta, they're both from Eritrea, a country that's near Ethiopia. And Eritrea is located on the eastern side of Africa near the Red Sea. 
Abraham was able to get Winta to immigrate to the States, and then both of them helped their family members, just the immediate family members, able to uh, immigrate to the United States. Winta had her four brothers come over and also her mother, and Abraham had his mother and his 10 other siblings come. Wow. Yes. And so then they all come to the Oakland area. It's like Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco area. It's where they all are living. And then that couple welcomed a baby boy named Isaac in 2004. And so life was going really well for the two families. They grew very close to each other. They described the family as feeling like one family. They visited, visited each other often. They had dinners together, and they all attended the same Eritrean church. Because there's a small Eritrean community mm. there in the Bay Area. Um, and so, which they were all super, super active in that church as well. But then on March 1st, 2006, Winta made a frantic phone call to 911, and it was for her husband, Abraham. By all accounts, Abraham seemed healthy, but that day Abraham was having issues breathing and his eyes appeared to be rolling back in his head. And so actually when Winta found him, she said, he's not breathing. Mm. Um, And so he was rushed to the hospital and he died later that day. Mm. Both families were devastated and no one knew at the time, um, no one knew at the time that the unexpected death, you know, because it was an unexpected death and also they didn't know at the time that the death would cause a huge rift in both the families. So it was so big that it would result in three members of the Mahara, Mahari <laughs> family death so that they would die then on Thanksgiving and they had no clue that was going to happen. So this is in March. And so then... Um, he dies in March. He dies in March. Abraham okay. dies in March. Abraham is married to Wenta and he dies Abraham's family had a hard time dealing with his death because he was only 42. He seemed so healthy. And so the most outspoken member of the family, and his name is Az Miram, and he went to the Berkeley police with his concerns that his brother may have been poisoned by Abraham's wife, Winta, for his $500,000 insurance policy. Oh, my God. Yes. So he has this belief, like, pretty much all of Abraham's family kind of thinks something's fishy about this death. So he goes to the police, and the police actually take his suspicion seriously. And they went ahead and they interviewed Winta. They conducted a second autopsy, and the, also the results were evaluated by two other doctors. The toxicology was clear and appeared that there was no foul play. Abraham had died of natural causes. But Asmaram and other members of the Gibrasi family mm-hmm. still weren't buying it. So As- Asmaram said he was going to conduct his own investigation since the police can't do their job. Okay. Yeah. He's very, very outspoken, and um, he's an unusual character. So he believed the Maharis had two motives for murdering Abraham. So they thought, he thought initially, you know, they wanted to murder him for the $500,000 life insurance policy. But then also, Winta's brother, Merhawi, okay. um, 
Asmaran believed that Mahari was a homosexual and that his brother Abraham had learned of this information and was going to expose it to both families. And that he was trying to protect himself. And so he felt that Winta, Abraham's wife, killed him so that that information would not get exposed. This is something he... Goodness, he had a storyline. Came up in his own head. Now, to also explain, though, um, why this is such a big deal, because it's kind of like, okay, he's gay. You know? But not but in their culture? In their culture, mm-hmm. though, and in their church. And mm-hmm. I looked up the, like, the church and also in the country. The country, like, you can be um, pris- in prison. Sure. For like up to three years or so for being gay and involved oh, in gay God. acts. I know. And Asmaram explained it actually when he was talking to the cops. He said that it is something that um, people get killed for in their community. It puts shame in your to your family. And it would have ruined it. It brings so much shame to your family that every member of your family should be killed. Okay. Yeah. So then why would he announce it? So you would think he wouldn't want to announce that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So he believed then that his brother was killed because he had this this information mm. and he was about to share it. So I am, I think he feels like that was more of importance even than the insurance policy or whatever. Sure. So things are lining up. Yeah. So Asmaram continued to urge Sergeant Renton Renton House and the insurance company to investigate his brother's death. He repeatedly confronted the Mahari family. So twice he did it in late summer and also in the fall. He went to their apartment and questioned Winta's mother and also her brothers about the night Abraham died. He would always go up to them and tell me what happened again and tell me who was all there. He Winta, wasn't accepting his death. No, because Winta was like, no, I was there with him alone. And then he was like, no, you're, your whole family was there. Everybody was there. You guys all poisoned him. And, and you know, he just hmm. had like this. Crazy, crazy, crazy thoughts and it's going on in his head. So Asmaram uh, accused the Mahari family of murdering Abraham. So they were concerned by these confrontations because he kept coming by and he was so angry. Sure. And um, they knew. That he his, was getting agitated. Yes. And so the family decided that Asmaram was no longer welcome in their home. If he ever showed up, they all agreed to lock the door and to call the cops. Every family member also changed all their locks to their homes because yeah. of this. So they began to fear Asmaram, and the two families who were once described as one big family were no longer as close. Members of each family would still visit each other, but things had definitely changed. Sure. You know. Um, so I'm going to get into some more names that are kind of <laughs> – I'm going to try to keep everything straight. Let me know if you okay. get, like, um, confused with the names. It's just um, I tried to take out some of the names that where it wasn't necessary. Sure. You know. So um, about six weeks before Thanksgiving, Winta's brother, and this one is uh, Yifaram, he was visited by Asmaram uh, at his workplace. And so Asmaram said that he had discovered something about Mihari. And remember, Mihari is the one that he believes is gay. Right. And so then according to Yifaram, Asmaram said, you guys have murdered Abraham. I'm going to murder you. And then he insulted Yerfaram and his family. He left. So after he left, Yerfaram called the cops. 
and told him that he was threatened then sure. by Azeroth. He said, I'm going to kill you. And so then again, this is about 10 days before Thanksgiving, Azmaram approaches Mihari at the library, the Jeez. Oakland library. He just shows up. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, been watching, stalking. That's what I feel. It probably was. So then Azmaram confronted Mihari with emails from a gay website. Now. What? Okay. Asmaram, do remember Asmaram's doing his own investigation, you know, right, into the murder, into the murder, brother. the quote so, unquote supposed his, murder, yeah, and his of his brother, right. So he's doing his own in- investigation. So part of his investigation was to go on a gay site and, and try to get this guy on a date. Yes, and pretend like he was gay, right, and send uh, emails back and forth with him. Come on, I, I know. And then I'm like, if you want to tell the family then that he's gay or whatever, then Okay. Get it over with. Yeah. You don't have to do... Like, I'm like, what do these emails... He needed proof. He needed proof. Come on now. I'm like... And then I'm like, you know what? I bet you anything he's gay. Well, of course. It's like, what is that all about? Yes. Because why are you on there? Why are you obsessing Why are you obsessed? It? How did you find out that he was gay? How did you also? know there was a gay website? Right, exactly. I There's don't so even many know things. what these are. It's so <laughs> There's crazy. so many things. I was just like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay. You're gay. And then you know how people, like, sometimes they're gay. And they're shamed. And they're shamed by it. And so then, because why are you so, so, so on this guy? I don't you know? know. You're not in your country anymore. You're in America. Right. And I'm sorry, you're also in San Francisco. Which where, is amazing. I know, which is so open. I mean, I love San I mean, Francisco. I love I it, love too. It. Love it. I love it. I love people. You know, great. It's so fucking open there. Sure. But so, still in his still in his church, it was I, not open. True. He would have been outcasted from his only community. Well, yeah, and so he wanted to tell the whole church so that he, he could get kicked out of the church and everything it's just too. Nuts! Leave the guy alone. I know that's what I'm like too. Leave it alone. Just leave it. Leave it. So anyway, so he confronts him with these emails from a gay website, and then he believed God. this proved that Mahawi was a homosexual, and so then. He, this is, Asmaram claims at this meeting in the library, then that Mahari said, yeah, I am gay. And then he, um, Asmaram said, have you been molesting my, our nephew, our okay. two-year-old nephew? he's confused about what gay is. Yes. Okay. And so Asmaram says that Mahari did say, yeah, I have been molesting No, him. he did not. And I don't believe that one bit, one bit, because Asmaram would have went straight to the cops if that was true. He never went to the cops and said... He never, he never. And then this whole molestation thing never got brought up, really. Ever you know? again. It was just very much like, it was like, it was I kept looking. Up. I kept looking for like more information on it. It didn't happen. No, nothing. There's been no investigation or anything. It was just like, no, no, okay. it's not true. It's because because he has some sick thing in his head where he, he thinks He has no that. idea what gay is. He no thinks clue. that gay has, to, has something to do with that. That and gay it and pedophile are the same and they it's are not. Not the same, Not guys. Not the same. Different. So... Uh, anyway, so it's upsetting. Yeah. So after the and then also then at that conversation, uh, Asmaram said that Rigby, who is the mother of Winta and um, Mahari, he said that she's a prostitute. And he said that bitch mother of yours and you guys are the ones that killed my brother. And he said that to at the time also. And so then, was she a prostitute? No, she was not. And um, then after that meeting, he goes and he meets with Yifaram again, 
And the, and he said, since you're the oldest sibling, I need to tell you about Mahari's sexual orientation, and you need to take care of it. Good God. I know. What's he going to take care of? Exactly. Exactly. This you're, isn't something you take care of. You, I mean, okay, what is he going to do about it? Nothing. 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 So anyway. Still confused. Right. So these are all the, this is all the acts leading up to Thanksgiving of 2006. Right. So now we're here at Thanksgiving. The Mahari family had their Thanksgiving lunch um, that year at the Mother Rigby's apartment. And they had invited only one member from the Gibra Silasi mm-hmm. family, and that was Tiwodros. Okay. And um, he was the only one. They knew that he did not think that their family was involved in Abraham's murder. Tiwodros was always seen as a pacifist. And Tiwodros said that he thought someone Winter associated with may have poisoned his brother, but he did not think it was Winter or any members of her family. And so um, they went ahead and they invited him to Thanksgiving. And so everyone that was there was Winta, her mother Rigby, and then her four brothers, uh, Yifaram, Yanis, Mahari. And then Mahari had a twin brother who was Angsam, Angusam, that's okay. his name. And um, uh, he was also to believe to be gay he was also had gay rumors what? about him too yes oh, right i'm only saying what was allowed to be in the trial so they only talked about Mahari being gay but the um asmaram had accused both of them of being gay but he also accused the mother of being a whore so yeah see it was just everybody just everybody yeah he said wrong. like the whole family's evil okay so yeah but when we get to the trial he's he's gonna do more he's just a piece of work so anyway so, uh, so during this uh, dinner, everybody gets their food. They don't sit at tables, really. They're all sitting, like, around the apartment. I'm not sure if there even was, like, a family okay. table. Because then it says, like, one person was sitting on the couch with their food. And sure. then someone else was, you know, sitting in the kitchen and then okay. sitting on a stool and things like that. So it just sounded like everybody was just kind of just... Placed around. Split. Yeah. That's and they're all people, like, too. Yeah. And they were all watching TV. Sure. You know, like football, whatever. And so... Um, the family, so when Tiwadro showed up, the family had already eaten. Some of them still had plates or whatever. And so Tiwadro sat on the floor and he played with his two-year-old nephew, Isaac. Isaac had, um, Tiwadro's flip phone and he kept flipping it back and forth open Mm -hmm. and closed and stuff. And so members of the family said that at some point Tiwadro was talking to someone on the phone. And he kept repeating, hello, hello. It's almost like he couldn't hear the person or whatever. And he starts standing up and he was walking, you know, and he walked towards the front door. And then he started messing with the front door and the front doorknob and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so people weren't really paying attention. So nobody really knows exactly, like, what happened. And so uh, both families have different stories from now what happened. So um, Asmaram is suddenly in the apartment, comes in. He yells, like, don't move. And he has a gun in one hand, and he has a plastic bag in the other. Mm. And he just starts shooting. A plastic bag? Yeah, plastic bag. Okay. And so shots are fired at the family members. Tiraldos leaves the apartment, and he takes the little um, toddler, Isaac, with him. And so then... Um, he young- just happened to get away? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And so then uh, Giannis is shot, and Rigby, his mother, moves towards him, like, Mm-mm. to, like, block block him from getting any more shots. Oh, my God. Then she's shot. Ugh. And then Winta is shot. <gasps> and so all three of them were dead. Um, Yifaram, he gets shot in the leg. And then Angusam, he jumps out of the apartment window. Oh, my God. Falling three stories. He oh. ends up breaking his back. Oh, good. He injured his leg, and he was hospitalized for days. He actually was not told for days about that. I bet. Yeah, his family members were you dead. Just, uh, yeah, you yeah, can't. You, you can't, can't, can't announce that, that whether he'll no. No, he didn't even know. He didn't. He had a brain injury, so he didn't even know what had happened sure. or anything. He couldn't remember anything. So that is so terrifying. It's so the whole. It's so awful. I mean, you're. It's so awful. It's your home. You mm-hmm. know, when somebody just comes in. Stop. Yeah. Oh so Winta was uh, 28. Giannis was 17. He was a high school student still, mm-hmm. and Rigby was age 50. Mm-hmm. And so all of them were dead. So Asparam uh, admitted to the killings, but he said it was self-defense. He claimed that he was lured to the apartment and the Maharis were going to kill him. Really? Just like how they killed Abraham. They lured him? Yeah, because they said he, they knew that he was about to expose um, the, 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 the gay oh, Lord. rumors. And yeah, he was about to expose that. And so they had to kill him, too. Because mm-hmm. this is just something you have to kill you have to for. Do. You have yeah, to do you just it. have to kill him. Yes. So then he claims that Ephraim, and Ephraim is one who suffered um, an injury to his leg from a gunshot. He claims that he's the one who pulled out a gun first on him. He claims so. Asmaron claims he was invited to the Thanksgiving dinner. Sure. Which why would he be invited? And they already didn't like you. No. They. I mean, they changed their locks to their house because of you. Right. So, and they're, so they're, not they're gonna invite you to dinner. Thanksgiving their dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. The happiest time. No. No. So he claims then that they invited him in, and then he felt like everyone was nervous acting and stuff, and then Euphoram just pulls out this gun. Oh, yeah. So he has to pull out his. And And just start shooting. And start shooting, you know, because the whole family had this all planned, you know. Right. So it was self-defense, and I should get off for this, you know. And so um, Tiradros said he had nothing to do with the crime. And he said he had no knowledge that his brother was going to come in there and shoot or anything like that. He just said, like, um, he had no no clue, period. And so what uh, what they believe, though, is that he was the one who called and told his brother then when to come, you know, when everybody was least expecting. Right. And, you know, when knew he when he knew everyone was there in one place and sure. so when they saw him on the phone mm-hmm. talking to someone and messing with the door they mm-hmm. think there he was unlocking the door for yep. him to come in you know and then that how would so he know scary. To, yeah and then how would he know to go and take the little boy right you know and so he says he just you know just saw his brother come in shooting and so he just took the boy and left and left so um, the trial was actually long and it had many stops. There's a whole bunch of stops before he even started, mainly because Asmaram is like fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So he hired and fired several attorneys. Uh, even before the trial had even started, he had hired and fired like tons of them. And then um, when the trial finally started, he was representing himself, which is like awesome move to make. And reading the trial transcripts from that was like awful. 
because he can't speak English well. He couldn't ask questions proper. He doesn't know how to be a lawyer. No, he was saying all this kind of crazy stuff like that you don't say, you know, right. and every it was, it was a fucking mess. I I was reading it and was like, this is terrible. I can't imagine being there, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And so anyway, he kept um, he ended up intimidating um, witnesses. And so the judge threw him off and made him made him get a lawyer. So yeah. he had to. He was forced to get a lawyer. Um because of his antics and stuff. Yeah, and then, you can't have that. I mean, he he was calling the judge names, calling the judge evil. Come on. Oh, yes. He called Come the judge on. evil and uh-huh. said that you are, um, you don't like me and uh, you're clearly, you're clearly like uh, just making, just making all these stuff up. Right. The judge had to throw him out like so many times out of the courtroom. Yeah. Because he would just uh, make, like just yell out stuff. Just, you can't be random. Yeah, he's totally, like he's totally has like problems, like a lot of, lot of there's a mental issue or something going on there. He's, he needed to seek treatment. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what ended up happening is in the prosecution um, decided to prosecute both brothers. So Asmaram and two Rogers. Really? Mm-hmm. And they both went on trial together. Okay. For first degree murder. And they faced life in prison without parole. And so um, they kept, both of them kept to their stories that they had told the cops. Um, the judge didn't allow a lot of the allegations, like what I said again about Mihari, about the gay. Mm-hmm. It didn't, they didn't get to go into as much detail as what Asmaram wanted. Um, police testified that they started looking at Tiradros as a suspect because a sergeant just didn't buy his story. It looked pretty obvious that someone would have to let his brother know when it was a good time to go into the Mahari's sure. Thanksgiving. So plus his cell phone records show that showed that he had made two short calls just minutes before the murders. Mm. But he's trying to say then that the little boy who was playing with the flip phone. Yeah. Had dialed numbers. Dialed number on a speed dial. And then when he flipped it closed, it was hanging up the call. Sure. And then... But the timing is just so off because right. the murders happened a little bit after three and those calls happened like two minutes before three and then like two minutes after three. Wow. You know? So it was the timing was just really mm-hmm. suspect. So Asmaram and T. Rogers uh, were each charged with three counts of murder, um, attempted murder, kidnapping, and false imprisonment by violence. Um, after three months... It's actually ended up being four months, I think, of trial and six days of deliberations. The jury found both defendants guilty on all counts. Both were sentenced to multiple consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole. And so both of them filed appeals. So then speaking of appeals, in 2015, T. appealed and he was um, his appeal was granted. And his conviction was overturned. Mm. On the basis that the judge allowed testimony from a sergeant, and that sergeant's testimony biased the jury against Tiradros. So that testimony was when the sergeant said that they just didn't buy what he was saying, mm. and so they, they said that the judge shouldn't have allowed that because they said that by him saying that, then the jury probably was like, way. "Well, he is guilty." Then, sure, because you know? they really didn't have a ton of him, a ton of things tying him, showing that he, you know, so he's out. Um, yeah, so he could have had a new trial, but instead of having a new trial, he did, decided to plead no contest to three charges of voluntary manslaughter, 
And the judge sentenced him to 10 years in prison. He had already served that 10 years in prison. Wow. So he had time served. So he's free. So as of okay. April 2016, um, he has been free. And so Asmaram is still serving his time. Uh, the Mahari family, um, they don't agree with this. And they think the jury got it right. And they said that Isaac is fine, but he asked about his parents because he's an orphan now. Sure. And he is being raised by his uncle, Yifaram. Is he walking, Yifaram, and he have a broken back? Or was he the shot in the knee? Or like, um, the leg? They're all fine now. Okay, good. Yeah, they're all fine. Yeah, they're all fine except for, you know, the, ones the missing fine. family members, sure. you know. The like they had, they had all this family, you know, just killed in front of them that is so sad it's so sad and on thanksgiving mm -mm. you know yeah so good God. hopefully you follow that story and i hope i did it justice i didn't want to like screw it up you did good <laughs> you did good and Thanks. i followed it <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah okay. that was uh a new one i like listening and hearing to new hearing new stories yeah i hadn't heard that one either so good job oh thank you okay so my story is about the Byron David Smith killings, which mm. happened on Thanksgiving Day, which is November 22nd of 2012. Okay. In Little Falls, Minnesota. Hmm. Um, Little Falls, Minnesota has a population of just over 8,000 people. Okay. Oh, so it's small. small. Yeah. Um, this story has people, you know, torn on either side. Uh, yes. With, with mm -hmm. the two opposing questions, which are... Were the murders premeditated mm -hmm. or were they the result of a man who snapped after being burglarized mm -hmm. multiple times and having had over $40,000 in loss due to the theft? Yeah, wow. Um, the people in this tragedy are Byron David Smith, okay. who at the time was 64 and he is the murderer. Mm -hmm. And then two cousins, um, Nicholas Brady Sheffield, who was 17. Okay. Um, a victim and Haley Elaine Kiefer. Okay. Uh, who's 18, who was also a victim. Okay. Um, so first I'll start by sharing about like who these people are. So Byron David Smith served in the Air Force working on B-52 bombers between 1969 and 1972. Okay. And he became a nine times decorated officer who wow. completed for a tour of Vietnam. Oh, okay. Wow. So he went on to work in the U.S. State Department where he set up security in American embassies. Oh. So he was very oh. like, diligent. I mean, I'd heard the story. I don't think I'd heard his background yeah. at all. It really helps mm -hmm. kind of paint a it, picture yeah, of what the it, hell's uh -huh. going on. Because if you no, it does. Heard, yeah. if this is new to you, then this is a super interesting story. Right, yeah. Um, it's interesting anyway. So after retirement from um, the U.S. State Department – he got involved in the community. He was an active Eagle Scout member, and it was said that he was a friend to many. Um, Smith hired teenagers to work on his property. I guess he had a large property. Mm -hmm. They would clear the brush and chop wood, as well as do other odd jobs on and around the property. Okay. Um, he was also said to have been like a good employer. He would feed his employees, and he would let them use the indoor facilities. So he like oh. the people were in and out of his uh -huh, home. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, and then the next person in the story for is Haley Elaine Kiefer. Um, she was, again, she was uh, 18. Okay, wait, now, with um, 
Brian, now, did he ever have a family? It's Byron. Anything? Byron, sorry. Did he ever have a family or anything? Or Not that I know of. Okay. It didn't say anything about a wife or anything. Okay, now okay. that you're saying that, I didn't specifically well, look I at didn't, that. Yeah. She wasn't, nothing was mentioned. Because he, at this time, was alone in this story. Right, yeah. Because as I know the story, he was single. Yeah. And it almost seemed like he didn't have family. Because sure. he, he was very involved in mm-hmm. other things. So it didn't seem like he had a lot of time okay. to be in a relationship. Okay. Um. So, but then we're going to move on to... Haley Elaine Kiefer, she was 18. She was a bright and smiley girl. She was in her senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, She enjoyed wrestling from kindergarten through fifth grade, and then she continued to keep her stats for wrestling, her wrestling team. So she was just like really active and wrestling. She was involved in gymnastics, Mm -hmm. diving, softball, cross country. She was very competitive. Wow. Um, In all her sporting events, she competing even when she was injured. Wow. She enjoyed hunting, fishing, camping, and spending time with her friends and family. And she also worked part-time at Falls Cinema, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Um, Pizza Ranch, and Myers. And they were all in Little Fall. Super busy girl. Like, this girl is doing everything. What is she not doing? Like, at 18. (laughs) Right? Because she's doing every single thing. A lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, Then there's Nicholas. Her cousin Mm -hmm. is Nicholas Brady Sheffield. He was a junior in high school. He enjoyed wrestling, taekwondo, strength and fitness training, hunting, fishing, camping, four-wheeling, and working on his cars and Mm four-wheelers. And he also enjoyed a good laugh, and his smile could light up a room. He especially enjoyed spending time with his friends and family. Okay. Okay. So now we'll talk about what led up to the fatal Mm -hmm. night. So by the date of the killings, Byron Smith's home had been broken into 11 times. And there was $42,000 in theft and damage to his property. Gosh. Um, Smith would cash his retirement checks and store the money in a drawer in his home. And I think it was kind of known. People would see him putting money away. Really? Yeah. Um, And people being, people working on his property, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People he thought he trusted. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he had had a gold watch that his father had received in recognition for his time as a POW in World War II. Oh. And Smith had his own medals and awards that were stolen. Oh, wow. Yep. So it was personal. Yeah. Like, you're touching my shit. Well, yeah. And my, yeah. Like, this is stuff I can't get back. No, at Nothing all. Nothing replaces that. Memories of my dad and things like that. that. Yeah. And things yeah. I earned. Mm-hmm. No. And he was a collector of history, historical things. Mm, okay. Um, the break-ins happened in the, they happened in broad daylight. So he, it was very agitating to him. Like these people were so blazing. They were coming right into my home while I'm out trying to be a good member of community. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You're bugging. You're getting into my stuff. Right. Um, so he started losing sleep because of all the intrusions. Um, he started becoming less active in, within his community and friend groups, and his health was declining because of the stress. Now, was he working at this time? Or? No, he was at retired. He was retired. He's 64. So, he's retired. His break-ins, were they happening while he was home? or nah. No. No. Just like whenever he was like, out. Because he was out in the community. Okay. He was donating his time. Mm-hmm. He was working as a very active Eagle Scout member. Mm-hmm. Like, he had friends. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he was losing sleep. He was super stressed. Yeah. Um, he started, he installed security cameras onto his property. Yeah, I would. It would be scary. I mean, he used to do it for the yeah, country. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine. The U.S. Embassy. So, yeah, you know he's got That's the skills. That's scary. That's scary. Be- your home being breaking into. Yeah, I don't That I many don't times, like too, is a violation. It's incredibly terrifying. Mm-hmm. 
And they had stolen guns and rifles from him. Oh, yeah. So that was bother that bothered yeah. him a lot. Um, so these same surveillance cameras um, reveal a very grisly scene mm-hmm. on that Thanksgiving. So at approximately 11.30 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. Yeah. When people are starting to, some people are gathering to eat, have yeah. their Thanksgiving their first, lunch. Their first, their first Thanksgiving <laughs> day. Okay. Um, Smith moved at 11.30 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Smith moved his vehicle from his garage, which faced the street, and he parked it several blocks away outside of the home of two state troopers. Smith later told investigators that he had moved his car because he wanted to clean his garage and protect his car from vandalism. So he's like already thinking about vandalism. Like it's 24-7 on his brain. Yeah. I Yeah. If he's losing sleep, he, this is getting to him. He's very Yeah. This is really, it. really getting to him. Which I can understand. I would be very terrified. I don't think I'd be sleeping. No. I'd probably be sleeping with a gun or something. And I then can't it, even imagine. Then if you know they stole your weapons, now you're really shitty. I can't you know, imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. So Smith... Walks so he parks his car somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Then he mm-hmm. walks back to his residence and returning at eleven forty-five a.m. So fifteen minutes later, mm-hmm. he walks through his backyard, which faced the river, instead of approaching the main entry of the home from the street. So he's like coming and making it look like he's not there. Right. If if somebody is to see the house, the or house, know the they, house, they're not going to see him. Be like, home. yeah, he's not home. He's gone. Mm-hmm. So around noon, Smith went down to his basement and turned on the digital audio recorder. He sat down in an upholstered reading chair facing the side of the basement stairwell. Smith had a novel, a water bottle, and some snack bars. Mm-hmm. On, and on his belt clip, he had a nine-shot revolver. Steps away from the reading chair was Smith's loaded Mini-14. I don't know what that means. A Mini-14 rifle? Oh, don't ask me about guns and stuff. I mean, I'm just reading. (laughs) Smith's outdoor video surveillance system was running. In the adjacent basement workroom was a screen showing um, the four security cameras. So he was watching a video of the four security. Oh, he was just watching. So he's he's sitting sitting there. He's sitting there with snacks and Mm -hmm. a drink. Yes. And he's just like sitting in his basement. Sitting watching his security cameras. Yes. He had he had he leaves his car as if it's not his home. He parks it away. He mm-hmm. comes in secretly to his own home mm-hmm. and he sits in the basement and watches. He's trying to catch someone. It sounds like, let's like be, it. Yeah, let's be honest. Is he it may say meditated? He may we'll have said something. He's trying to catch someone. So he was sitting alone in a seemingly like this uncomfortable. He's like in this uncomfortable chair he's just sitting in this i just can't even it's imagine. uncomfortable I, it's unupholstered you uh, oh it is a pole oh been. god either way it's still he's sitting oh, i was like room. did it say that did you I say that i was it, like did i miss that i can't even read my own fucking writing <laughs> and i'm typing i was like did i miss that i can't even hear your own fucking words Here apparently so anyway we're all <laughs> fucked, up. fucked up okay so this is a fucked up story. So anyway, he's sitting in this fucking chair, mm-hmm. watching everybody or watching his security, just sitting there watching the screen. Yeah, just taking it in like it's entertainment. Well, here we go. He didn't have to wait long. Oh, he didn't? No. The events that followed were captured on Smith's audio recorder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about 11 minutes after turning on the recorder, Smith said, quote, in your left eye. Like he's just talking in your left eye and I live in a, and, and that, that means something. So right. we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. And a little over 17 minutes into the recording, Smith said, uh, stop by tomorrow morning. No rush, but as soon as convenient. He's Can like, you talk- do that? Yeah. Uh, park in the North, a hundred feet North, a hundred yards North corner of the walk from the West. <laughs> like he's like, 
He's like talking, talking to himself, himself, having a whole conversation. Sure sounds like he's talking about something. <laughs> he's like playing it. He's like having a scenario. That's so funny. So maybe someone's talking in his head. Well, that too. Could be. Okay. Well, it all kind of comes together like you'll once we start talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is important to say like before anything happens, he turns on his recorder, you already start hearing him. He's talking he's and talking. it sounds like he's doing something. So 23 minutes into the audio recording, Smith says, I realize I don't have an appointment, but I would like to see the lawyer, one of the lawyers here. Mm. So this is 23 minutes into the recording. So he's sitting watching surveillance, talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And at 1233, Nicholas Brady approaches Smith's house, looks into the windows and tried turning the doorknobs. Smith heard the doorknobs rattling mm-hmm. and saw a shadow in front of the picture window in the basement. Yeah, that's so scary. And listened as Bra- he listened as Brady walked across the deck, then broke the glass upstairs, which was the sound. Uh, then the glass broke upstairs, mm-hmm. um, which was the sound of Brady breaking and entering through Smith's bedroom window. And Brady approached the basement stairs while uh, Smith sat waiting below. Mm. So he's just sitting there he's watching just sitting, these people, not saying anything, not saying anything, not get out. Now, right, Brady broke into his home before. Well, there was eleven break-ins before, but and he well, don't know. At Maybe. this point, where they had, there was a report that he thought that he had broken into the home before. So there was a police report out there, mm-hmm. and they were trying to investigate to see if he had been the one that had broken oh, into it. So okay, there was okay. this pending report. So there out was there. okay, and yes. Um, so he just breaks on in mm-hmm. and Brady also was part of the team, one of the teams that worked on the property. And I forgot to okay. mention that. Okay. He was. So I, so he's familiar. I written that in oh, okay. So Brady mm-hmm. is, Brady has been to the house before. Okay. Anyway. So okay. shit. Shit. Okay. Anyway. So. So he knows him. He knows him. Okay. Smith is sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. sees Brady coming in. As Brady descends the stairs, Smith saw Brady's feet, mm-hmm. his knees, and then his hip. And Smith shot Brady in the chest with the rifle. Uh. Smith later told investigators that he had not seen Brady. He had not seen Brady's hands when he fired. So he's like, he didn't see him. Mm-hmm. And this comes to the point where they're going to ask him, "Did you think he had a weapon?" Mm-hmm. But he's like, I didn't even see him. His hands. Smith shot Brady a second time, and Brady tumbled down the basement floor face up. Mm. Three seconds later, at close range, Smith shot Brady, who was loudly groaning. Oh, wow. The bullet went through Brady's hand and then through the side of his head, and Smith said to Brady, you're dead. Because you can hear that on You can hear the whole thing on audio. This is why it's so Uh in-depth. This whole thing is crazy nuts because Uh you can hear it. Mm -hmm. Hear it all. Uh, Because I would think if someone's going to break in my home, I'm not – it's not going to be something I'm going to be like – you're dead. I'm. You're freaking it's something out. I'm doing. I'm. If I if I have to kill someone, I'm not going to be. It's not something I'm excited about. If I hear someone breaking in, I'm going to scream or like yeah. get out, like yeah. call the cops, right? Yeah, but if I like had to like shoot them or something, I would like not be happy about it. Well, you it know? gets worse. So Smith retrieved Brady's shoes that had fallen off when Brady fell down the stairs. So he his shoes fall off his feet. He takes his fucking shoes and he puts them under his reading chair. What? Okay. Um, he grabs a tarp from near the basement fireplace and puts Brady on the tarp and drags him to the adjoining workroom. Oh wow! Smith reloads his rifle. Oh, he do- he doesn't call immediately. Call nine one one. No. 
about about 10 minutes after Brady entered and about eight minutes after the shooting, mm-hmm. Haley Kiefer enters Smith's house. Oh, wow. Kiefer quietly calls out, Nick, hearing no response. Mm-hmm. She starts down the basement stairs. Mm-hmm. She again says, Nick. Just as he had with Brady, Smith fired when he saw Kiefer's hips, oh, but before he saw her hands. Smith later tells police that he first shot at what he would consider point-blank range. Oh, my gosh. Kiefer tumbles down the steps. Mm -hmm. Smith tried to shoot her again, but his rifle jammed. Smith commented, oh, sorry about that. What? Kiefer exclaimed. Oh, I'm sorry that my gun jammed and I can't shoot you. Kiefer exclaimed, oh, my God. Smith pulled out his revolver and shot her. Oh, my God. As Kiefer screams... Smith shot her a third time oh and gosh. a fourth time, oh and Smith said, you're dying. Kiefer screamed. Ugh. Smith shot her a fifth time, calling her a bitch. Ugh. And he said it like that, mm-hmm. like, you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. And Smith dragged Kiefer into the workroom and placed her on the tarp on top of Brady's body. But Kiefer was not yet dead. So Smith shot her a sixth and final time. Oh, God. Yep. For the next five hours after the shooting. Wow. Yep. He's just sitting there with the bodies on top of each other. Smith stayed in his house and the audio recorder captured Smith talking to himself. Wow. Okay. So his, his statements included things like, I left my house at 1130 and they were both dead by one. What? I don't know. He says, cute. I'm sure I'm, he says, I'm sure she thought she was a real pro. Oh my God. And he's like, you're dead. He's just still saying He's just still you're saying You're dead. That. And he's like, in some tiny little respect, in some tiny little respect, I was doing my civic duty. If the law enforcement system couldn't handle it, I had to do it. Mm. Um, he's like, I'm not a, ble- a bleeding heart liberal. I felt like I was cleaning up a mess, not like spilled food, not like vomit, not even, not even like diarrhea, like the worst possible mess. And I was stuck with it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He just goes on. Like... Goes on, goes Gosh. on. She and she threw her problem in my face, and I had to clean it up. Why does he keep talking about the girl so much? I don't know. Oh gosh, that's something says, against women. And then he says, "Like I give a damn who she is." Uh, really? Like come the fuck like on. I give something against women. Yep. He says she's tough. She's eye candy. It's exciting. It's highly profitable until somebody kills you. Oh my! Until gosh. you go so too far and somebody kills you. Until you take advantage of somebody who's not a sucker. Like he's just gone on, right? Yeah. So he just goes on. Um, Smith did not call law enforcement on December 22nd. Um, November 22nd. November 22nd. What did I say? He didn't call him that whole day? Mm-mm. He later explained that he did not want to ruin the Thanksgiving holiday for law enforcement. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? He didn't want him ruining another person's day. Wow. So the next day on November 23rd, Smith spoke to his friend, Mr. Anderson. So he just has these dead bodies in his house. No, he's just probably still cussing up him. Right. He's got it on audio recording. Turn the fucking recording off. See, he doesn't even. <laughs> he's he like, not he's, thinking. He probably sure, forgot. He probably, he probably even. Yeah. He was just all hyped up. Right. So <laughs> anyway, on the telephone, he asked Anderson to find him a lawyer. Later, Smith asked Anderson to contact the sheriff's office. And Smith advised Anderson that he had solved the break-ins in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I solved other it. People, and, and just to reference this, like. Other people had been broken into. It wasn't just his home. Just like, him. It was these, these, the whole neighborhood. There was issues was in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anderson called the sheriff's department um, 
over and over a course of several conversations with dispatch, Anderson asked the sergeant to who investigated the burglaries to go and check on um, Smith. A short time later, the sergeant arrives, and so so does another deputy. Mm-hmm. As the peace officers approached the house, Smith came out of the door with his hands up, and he said he needed to tell them something. Like, they still don't know what the fuck they're going into. Oh, they don't even know. No, they're just they, like, hey, go, there's another burglary oh. or something. He needs you to go check it out. He has no clue. They have Anderson no clue know. that murder has happened. They have no idea what okay. they're coming into. So after leading the officers into his home, Smith explained that he was a victim of previous burglaries. He just goes in. I was burglarized. The most recent one was yesterday on Thanksgiving. Um, Smith led the officers to his bedroom and he oh. shows them the broken glass. Okay. Like there's broken glass. Mm-hmm. And then he said he needed to show show them something in the basement. Just something. I got something to show I you. I something. So they're probably like, okay, what? You know, what this guy. What is going on, yeah. man? So the officers then went to the basement and saw the bodies of Kiefer and Brady on the tarp. Oh, gosh. Smith told the officers that he shot a man coming down the steps. He explained, explained that he wanted the person dead, and he shot them until he was dead before he dragged him onto the tarp. So that's okay. He described how he shot a woman coming down the steps and that he shot the woman again after she fell to the bottom of the steps and this time aiming for her heart. Oh. And he told the officers that after he dragged the woman to the workroom, he noticed she was still gasping for breath, so he shot her. Ugh. Um. He said he felt very threatened. He said he heard people coming down to the basement and he believed they were burglars who stole his guns. And he said if he, he figured if they were willing to steal the guns, then it was either shoot him then before they shoot him. No. Um, no. Yeah. And no. No. All of it. It's just no. No. That's just bad. I don't know where I put it, but the, the, the shoes were the fact that the shoe print, he, they had left, there was a shoe print left the last time. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that why he kept the shoes? Yeah, he kept the shoes and he measured the shoes. Oh, wow. And the, he That's said, like the police job. He said Brady's shoes didn't fit, but Kiefer's did possibly fit. And he's like, well, the, fe- the investigators will have to check that out. Like, this is after they're dead. He's in his head going, oh, the investigators will have to do the checking. Oh, that's like his fits. talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so... No, 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 no. I remember when I first heard this story, and I heard it, like, I think right after the, um, like, I remember I was watching something, like, they were like, breaking news, the verdict is in, you know, for this. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I hadn't heard this. And, um, and I heard it when I first heard it, because it wasn't all, it still wasn't all explained. I was like... Oh, yeah. Someone comes into my home. Right. You got every right to shoot them. Yeah. Sure. I was like, you don't know. You don't know what they're going to do or what. It's your home. And I think in a lot of states, the law is sure. someone comes in your home. You, you have the right to shoot them. Period. I think in some it depends, states, some, I think Texas for sure is like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to my property. I'm shooting you. You're dead. Florida. Sure. Well, yeah. Well, that too. Uh-huh. You could yeah. be in the neighborhood. Well, yeah. Anyway. Right. So, um, yeah, so I know, like, oh, I should say some states then have that law where you right. can. So I think, like, it's a valid, you know, it's a valid argument. But then, and he would have had a valid argument probably had he not recorded. I mean, so the this. he ends up getting two counts of first-degree murder with premeditation and on two counts of second-degree murder after three hours of jury deliberation. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And the jurors stated that the audio recordings were the huge were the huge influence in their decision. Yeah. 
It was called the most damning piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, the one juror says that audio recording of the actual killings mm-hmm. and the audio recording of Mr. Smith's interview immediately after his arrest pretty much convinced me that we were dealing with a danger, a deranged individual. Like, yeah. I understand, like, you feel how many times has someone broken in? You're like, I'll fucking kill him, you know, like, mm-hmm. but then to plan it. That he was way. planning. He was like sitting and wait for yeah. them. And so I think like that's what makes it because I mean, you hear, okay, so you can hear like someone broke into someone's home and then they were killed in a, and then you're like, yeah, that's terrible. But you can understand it because the person you may not know if they are, if, you know, if they're going to kill you, like why are they in their home? But when you hear the audio and I heard the audio on this, it's yeah, <laughs> you can watch the video. It's awful. And he said, so basically he said that um, you can trust the, you know, if he called the police and they arrested him, they might found him guilty and they might serve time. They might serve two months or two years, but when they're done serving that time, they're going to come back and they're going to be pissed and they're going to want more money. And he's like, and I can't live like that. Oh my God. And so he... He made Trump, himself paranoid but, about but it. Did he make himself paranoid or is that just... Is he already fucked up? Is he paranoid? He is it like... I who mean, knows? You're, part I of, can, you're working in the government and you're working with um, security. Yeah. You, I'm sure you have that sense of... There's shit. People are watching you mm-hmm. or there's the sense of like no comfort. Like mm-hmm. this is just... an. Un, I can only imagine that paranoia is kind of in there. Mm-hmm. And then you're sleep, not sleeping because you're traumatized. Yeah. So there's so many factors, like so much went wrong. Well, I think, yeah, because lack of sleep, God, that messes you the fuck up. I've been, I've had, I've been, had long periods of lack of sleep. And and you're like, all I wanted to do is end. Your thinking isn't right. And then I know I have anxiety issues. So my anxiety issues go through the fucking roof when I haven't had sleep. Right. And so if you already have, and I don't know what is going on with him, but you already have that. You have paranoia. People are breaking into your home and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know they are. And almost like you leave your house and you know come back and somebody's fucking broken in again. And they've stolen all your money. But. All your weapons. But all your medicine. It's not a case where you take the law into your own hands. You can't do that. I, I mean, know. it's not like that case, you know? I know. It's so, you can see, I, I, I can see where yeah. he got to the point that he got. He got himself crazy. He lost it. He lost it. And that's really sad Mm -hmm. because had they just not done anything, they would, had they just stopped, they stopped doing what they had done, they would be alive. And had they not done that, yes, they should not have been Mm -hmm. doing that. And that's what I was just like, you know, they should not. And then, um, did you know what the parents, I can't remember what the parents were, the parents were as parents would be, of Pissed. course, oh, upset oh, about yeah. it. You shouldn't have killed my kid. Especially sure. hearing that afterwards. Oh, yeah. I would be livid. If I was like the that. parents of that, I, I would be like, they're kids. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't have weapons. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to hurt you. Like, they just wanted the money. No. They were, the, the thing is, is, as much as she was into all those sports and stuff, she had also recently gotten into drugs. And so they were... Oh, that's uh, usually why. So she that's had usually turned, why people's homes well, exactly. are broken into. And... I, what I hear is the majority of time when your homes are broken into, people do not have weapons to kill you or anything right. like that. Because a lot of times they are just they just want the money. They're just looking for money. Drugs. They're looking for something they can pawn. Sure, they're usually is usually like addicts. Sure, which which it takes us to, into a whole another thing where we should be treating 
both we should be treating that because see it causes other issues and sure. society and problems and communities and things like that so like mm-hmm. if we were like helping people correct with this drug horrible instead situation. of shaming people for their situation yeah um providing them serious or not even providing help. even yeah serious help or providing like we should have more government services yes for people because not everybody a lot of people do not have insurance to cover for no treatment and insurance now doesn't even cover mm. everybody for and you need social services treatment. for that yeah and you need long-term treatment if you are going mm. to go in it and stuff and you know and people need help Correct. you know so it's it On all both brings sides back of it. they both needed help yeah they needed help he needed also he needed help he definitely needed help. He needed help. He needed help with the law. He needed help with uh, mental mental help. I knew that too. But I'm <laughs> saying he also was being broken in, into for 11 times. It's not good. That's not okay. You're living in a neighborhood and then that's happening. That's mm-hmm. not okay. There's but a problem. But everyone was being broken into. Right. So anyway. But I mean, I don't, you know, it's just, a, it's a bad situation. Yep. It's a really, really shitty, bad situation. And why did they pick that time on Thanksgiving is what yeah. I'm thinking, too. Like 1130? Right. Probably because he, they thought he was gone. Well, I guess because he they saw his, that- his truck. But then yeah. they were just like, oh, let's go rob Thanksgiving. Because but I know Thanksgiving addict, isn't for, like the same for everybody. Sure. And if you're an addict, you're still doing the same thing. And if you're it's an addict also, you might not be with your family. Sure. Or anything but- like that for Thanksgiving. You right. might not, your family might be like, you are not going to be here on right. Thanksgiving. True. You know, like if you're going to come here yeah. high or whatever, I've seen enough interventions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know the holiday stuff. They're like, no. Right. And so. Or maybe they needed a hit before they could hang out with their family. We see, don't know. Look, well, yeah. We and, don't even know. Okay. So like bringing up with the holiday stuff, stress. <laughs> you know, sure. It's very stressful time. And so that's also like with the murders, you know, because I was surprised with how many murders I saw that happen around Thanksgiving. I knew Christmas because I know like you do people get really stressed and stuff or whatever. I mean, I had a I had a a guy I was dating who got stressed out around Christmas and it's pretty much just don't talk to him around Christmas. Yeah. And it's just weird. though. Christmas. But Christmas is different for me. I get happy. But holiday. Um really really triggers people a lot and i guess it's because being around family yeah and um a lot of family not even just oh i have be you know my parents or something it's a lot of family Mm -hmm. and maybe it might be family where we don't know the family dynamics and shit going on and it just brings a lot of stress and it brings murder yeah and we talked about it today we talked about it and talked about next year so yeah but don't yeah don't kill love don't kill don't kill this holiday season yeah (laughs) wow that was a lot yeah it was a lot and um you know let us what let us know what you think especially about like becky's case i mean because that right what did you what what do you think because i mean um i'm interested to know people's thoughts on it because i i mean i can see both sides of it Mm -hmm. you know um i think the video recording though kind of i mean the recording really 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 though tipped (laughs) tip the scale on that and one. And if you can listen to that recording, then you can really hear it from for your Yeah, own. I heard it. And when I heard it, my mouth, I remember, dropped open, especially when I heard him call her a bitch. I yeah. remember that. I mm-hmm. My mouth dropped open. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah I was like, okay. Yeah. And, I, and I forgot to mention, he mentioned the left eye, and he actually shot him in the left oh, eye. Oh, yeah, I was about to say that. Sorry, I was going to bring guys. that up, too. Sorry, yeah. guys. Well, you said it. Yeah, I did. So, yeah. I got it. So, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know on uh, Facebook, on our Instagram. We'll be posting on there. And um, 
you know, we love to hear from you guys, you know? Always. We love you guys so much. We love everything about it. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, If you're not in the States, then just have a great day. Have a great, (laughs) have a turkey sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't eat meat, have a... Have a tofurkey. Tofurkey. (laughs) Have some pumpkin pie. (laughs) Have some pumpkin pie. Make some pumpkin pie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time. All right. Bye. Bye.